Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We have already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence, so you will never work for someone else again. Successfully Unemployed, your place for freedom. I am super excited to have today's show, The Successfully Unemployed Show. I am super excited to have you here with me as we are interviewing entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, and everybody that has quit their job, becoming successful and employed, no longer working that J-O-B, that just over broke job. We're no longer doing that, and we're also making money for our families outside of that J-O-B. And today we brought on Mitch Bowler. He is here. He's going to show us how he became successfully unemployed, and he has the domain pencilkings.com. Fantastic site. I've been through it. I like everything I see in there. So Mitch, thank you so much for being on the Successfully Unemployed show. Yeah, no problem. It's good to be here. All right, man. So quickly, let's jump right into it. How do you make money to provide for your family without working a J-O-B, that just overbroke job? Uh, th there's a lot of things because I started a long time ago, but uh, basically when I started, it was really SEO. So I can't remember where I got the idea initially, but the whole infopreneur really made a lot of sense to me because I, you know, if you're familiar with the Colby test, I am a very high fact finder. Uh, if, if you're listening, you've never heard of the Colby test. Uh, it's a test that a lot of people use to determine where your strengths lie or if you're hiring people where their strengths lie so that then you can figure out what you're good at. So as a fact finder, I love research. I love learning. And then I would just like put that information into practice for people and, and how that manifested was just teaching people how to draw. And I thought, okay, well, I'll make this for kids, how to draw. And then I just learned SEO to get that information out to people. And uh, it clicked and a lot of people liked it. That's great. And so you are an artist. Like, you, Do you really enjoy drawing? And, and like, is it on a computer? Is it by freehand? Like, How does that work out? Yeah, it's, it's a little different. These days, I identify less as an artist and more as a business person because there was definitely a period where, you know, as a kid, I wanted to be an artist. I knew that I wanted to work in video games. Uh, then I went to college because my parents wanted me to go to college and it was really important as the first, I wasn't the first person in my family, but both my parents were not able to go, like they couldn't afford it um, or it wasn't the right fit, whatever it was, but they, it was really important for them, for me to go to college. So I went and then I got a job working in visual effects, special effects for movies, you know, for the, for the uninitiated and then had, had a little bit of time there, but it's not what I really like to do. Video games was always my passion. So eventually then I got into video games. So it was all digital art. And, um, but then these days it's been a little bit of a struggle because I, I identify as an artist, but really the journey I'm on now is more of as a business owner and as a business person. Um, and that's just something that I've realized over the years that there's, they're very different. Uh, and, and, it, and it is a struggle for creative people, I think, because there's a lot of um, emotional baggage that we carry around, like we're not good enough, um, somebody else is better than us, and there's all kinds of head trash that we have. And, uh, and fortunately, when you try to make a business, it becomes extremely difficult because you're working against that. People tell you like, oh, artists don't make any money. I've made a lot of money and I can t like... In my job, I made a lot, a lot of money as an artist, and uh, in my business, I make less money actually in my business than I do than in my job. But it's allowed me to prioritize more of the living things. So, like I traveled the world. Um, I think I can't remember if it was one year or two year, but I went around the world this way, and then I went around the world the other way. Um, I mean, you don't have to hit that many cities, so it sounds crazier than it is. But it just 
all these little things that wouldn't have been possible in a job. And that was one of the reasons why eventually I decided to leave was just prioritizing freedom over, over paycheck. I, th- I, I completely agree. I love that idea. I traveled with my family um, in 2017, no, 2018, we went to Japan for six weeks, traveled all through the island of Japan, driving like 1800 miles all around the, the island of Japan. Nice. And in 2008, 2019, we went to Europe for a six weeks on 11 different countries like all my four kids like if you're watching on youtube you can see my kids in the background all four of my kids and my wife so we love traveling too and that's something that's beautiful about being successful and unemployed is not just the money the money's great but it's the time that you get back in your life now i want you to take us back to when you were working your job because you did enjoy working you did enjoy creating those video games you did enjoy doing that but then taking that leap to where you quit left the safety of having that paycheck to now being successful and employed. Talk to us a little bit about that. So uh, the year would have been, I think about 2006. So there's, there's so much awesome information these days, but in 2006, I think the whole idea of like, to put it in context, like four hour work week wasn't even out yet. Um, I think that came out in 2007. So uh, there, there was information, but not a ton of information, not the way that that it is now. And so I was working and I had this idea that it's like, well, how do people make money in their sleep? And um, it's kind of a double-edged sword, this passive income idea, because I feel like it's, it's really exciting, passive income, like do nothing and get paid. But then the reality of it, and when you see how people have tried to implement it, it's not passive and having a website with advertisements on it or a YouTube channel, it's not passive. If you stop doing it, the wheels fall off the car and all of a sudden you're like, well, what happened to my passive income? It's like, well, it's, it wasn't actually passive. So uh, I had this idea of like, or this question, how do people make money in their sleep? Which led me to a website that then said, okay, okay here's how to build a money-making website, which I, I think, you know, some of these things seem scammy or they, you don't know what to think about it. My whole family, um, was like, no, don't do this. This is like, this is not a good thing. Or, or they just didn't understand what was possible. Um, but it's essentially like publishing what you know, just like this podcast is publishing what you know and what we know. And then there's ways to monetize that. And so that's really where I started. Um, and the key differentiator that I had was that, so I had this how to draw for kids website, but like I was talking about all that head trash is there. It's like, am I good enough artist? And it's like, I, that wasn't a question that I asked. That wasn't what I was trying to do. The question I was asking was like, how do you make money in your sleep? So if I was the best artist or the worst artist, it became irrelevant. I just had to show up to, and, and like I found a guide and I just had to walk down that path that they were putting me on in order to get the results that I wanted. And um, then I just s- sat down for about two and a half hours a morning. So I would wake up at about 5.30 in the morning and then I'd have to go to, to work at 9 a.m. So I had some time there and I just said, okay, today, whatever I do is going to be good enough. And, you know, I see a lot of people getting stuck and it, it still happens to me where you feel like you're not good enough. And so then you, you're like, oh, I'll redo it. And then it's like, okay, so you redo it. Or maybe it takes a couple of weeks before you get the nerve to redo it. And then, well, I could be a little bit better. Or I saw someone else do something different and you're never actually publishing anything. And that's where the magic happens is when you put something out into the wild. But if everything is kind of like behind closed doors and no one knows about it, then the good stuff can't happen because no one knows. And there's so much opportunity out there that it's just mind boggling. But when you keep it all to yourself, it's impossible for anyone to to give you those opportunities. So then you jumped from that to working a regular job too, you know, you built up a site. Now you're starting to make money from that site and then jumped into actually 
not having a job and making money that way. Now, as I was I was doing some research on everything from pencilkings.com and everything you do there, for some reason something came up and I want to get your opinion on it. There I I think there was it's like a meme or something that was it, it said graphic design is my passion. Have you ever heard of that or seen that? So apparently a lot of people search for this term, graphic design is my passion. Apparently there was a meme that was put out there. Would you say that's something that, do you have to have a passion in order to do something like you do? I I believe so. And, and the reason why is that uh, there are so many people who do have passion. So if you go head to head, one person has no passion and one person has like ultimate passion. The no passion person could still surpass the ultimate passion person, but it's unlikely because the passion keeps you going through the hard times. It keeps you going through like, I don't know, just so many things. And so for, for example, like getting into video games, it's very competitive because there's so much passion. So if you're not willing to work crazy hours, but the other guy is because they have more passion. I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a meat grinder of an industry and it has a, it has a bad reputation, but you get to work on amazing stuff. And that, like, that's where I felt like, you know, I, I was doing exactly what I wanted to do with my life when I was working in video games. That's great. And I, I a hundred percent agree with you uh, with, if you have passion for what you're doing now, I would say that even if I needed to provide for my family without, uh, and if I needed to get a job again and everything was taken away, I didn't have to do my passion or I could not do my passion. I would, my responsibility is to take care of my family. So I would definitely do that. But if there's at all any way possible that you can do your passion, it's going to make you so much more um, able to do what you're supposed to do in the business, in the job or whatever it might be, because you want to do it. It's not like, oh, I got to wake up and go to my job again and do, no, it's like, you're like, oh, I get to do this. It's like, you're more gratitude. You have more gratitude. Like, man, I, cause I teach real estate. I teach people how to invest in rental properties because I've done it. I have 30 plus properties. And with teaching it, I'm, I wake up thinking, I get to do this. I get to have the coaching calls. I'm excited about it because I have a passion for doing that. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like the, uh, you know, I've had jobs where I was not passionate and I've been in that position where this would be a side note, but I thought I was rich when I, my first year of university and I thought I was rich. I had $700, which is like, you just, what are you even thinking? I don't know. I, I thought I got all the money in the world. I was 18 years old. I'm just going to float. And then the money ran out. I was just playing Diablo two or something like that. You know, I'm 18 years old, not, 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 not very much life experience. So I'm playing these games. The money starts to run out and then it's like, oh my gosh, what can I do? And it's just like, you go to the mall with your resume and you're just handing it up because you you have to provide you have like I didn't have a family but when the money runs out there's it's the game it's game over so you just have to do whatever you can as as like the lowest man in the kitchen uh that that was the job that I was able to get and um but I mean then it didn't take long to get a, a, a graphic design job and that was more in alignment with my passion and so for people who are just a thought on this that with what I know about how the internet works and SEO and building web businesses like there's many different niches that I could work in and make I believe money more easily because there's a direct connection I work in a hobby niche Right. So drawing for a lot of people is a hobby. I can also help them build careers. But for the majority of people, it's just something fun to do. Um, the level of pain there um, that I, you know, I'm bad at drawing is maybe like a level six at the most, but it's probably like a level three versus like, oh, I don't have enough money to make rent this month. Like that's a level nine problem or some kind of like medical emergency. That's like a 10. And so knowing that, that there's a way that I could get closer to the money, but I'm not passionate about it. So I don't want to do it. And so I keep like digging in, in what I like to do. Um, and 
thankfully, you know, I've been able to do it and, and make it work and it hasn't been easy, but it's, it's definitely possible. That's great. So if somebody had the idea and passion or the desire to start doing graphic design and they wanted to go out and, and start making money, what's the first step? Like, what should we do to get started? I think it, like, it really depends on the business model that you want, but I, I think the easiest way is just telling people. You know, I, I had a coach once who recommended that you you get your stuff together. So you figure out what problem you're going to solve. So graphic design is like maybe maybe when you look around in your local market that you see that there's a lot of businesses that have very dated design. Let's just say that. So the design might have been fine five years ago or 10 years ago, but it just doesn't cut it by today's standards. So you could figure out, okay, so I see that there's a lot of businesses. You validate that there's these things are out of date and then you figure out how you're going to position this and tell people like how you can help them and, and what that's going to look like with some examples of your portfolio. So you prove to them that, that you know what you're doing and then email your friends and family, like try and try and come up with a list of a hundred people that know you and know that you're not um, full of it basically. And just say, Hey, I'm trying to change direction a little bit. And um, I'm looking, you know, how, what I do right now is I help businesses update their look. So this, you know, website is an easy one, but I can help you with Instagram. I can help you with your business cards. I can help you with your letterhead, whatever you advertisements, whatever you need, I could be your graphic designer and help you like up the game on your competition and what this does. And so this is another key part is like, tell them like how it helps someone's like with an updated design it helps like attract more customers because it's current. It looks fresh. It's clean. Uh, this is what people are expecting and it'll help you stand up from your competition. Then you send that email out to your hundred people and ask them, say, Hey, do you know anyone that might be interested in this? Could you just, um, forward this email onto them? And, um, here's my contact information. I'd love to talk to them. Something as simple as that. And then just test it out. Does that work or not? I don't know. Um, but you're just testing and you're willing to test the waters and you're willing for it to like not work because let's say you have that list of a hundred people. So you're like, well, that's kind of scary. Like for me, I hate cold outreach. I've done it before. Just like call, cold calling people on the phone for trying to get business ideas going. It's scary um, for me. And I imagine for other people, for some people it's like no sweat, like wow, you're scared to email your mom. It's like, no, but when I'm asking about business stuff, yeah, there's some kind of fear there, some kind of like money mindset issue. So anyway, you could take 50 people, email them, see what the results that you get. And then uh, if it's favorable, then you could keep going. And then it's just it's just that, doing that more. And then you do a, you do a successful job for someone and then ask them, hey, do you have any, know anybody else? Do you have any other needs that you that you need that I could do for you? So you're basically just solving problems. And I think that's the most direct, easy straightforward way because there's like not really any technology. It's just using email. Um, you, you maybe are setting up a web page for yourself that shows some of your work that people could click to it, or maybe making a tiny little video um, that shows your work, but it's, it's just dead simple setup. Uh, once you get into things of like, oh, I'm going to make a course, I'm going to do this because what you do for those clients could then snowball into you as you start to realize the common problems that they have. And then the next thing is like, well, they don't want to pay for me to do it. It's like, okay, fine. Maybe, maybe it's a thousand dollars for you to do the whole rebranding or whatever it is. Well, let's just say it's a thousand dollars and you're running into resistance for your local market. So then you can be like, okay, well, if you don't want to pay me to do it, do you have someone on your staff that I could train? I have a course, it's $300. And now you start to get into that scalability model where you just, you now have two different price offerings. One takes your time. 
Um, but there's people who can't afford that. And then once you build the course, now you can sell them that thing, but this is taking essentially none of, or very little amount of your time. And this is where you start to like stack things and build, build out your little empire that hopefully you then know how much you need to live per month. And was, uh, this is actually a really key point. Um, because when you know that number, then you just have like the game is like just getting past that number. So if you need $4,000 a month to live for you and your family and everything, it's like, okay, that means if you're selling $1,000 packages, you need four of those every month in order to hit that number. And what I see people doing is their cost of living is insane, like absolutely insane. And I've always been really frugal. Uh, my funny story, I used to be a paper boy and my mom accused me of selling drugs um, because I was so good at saving money and just I just didn't want to buy anything. And she couldn't believe how much money that I had, but it was just from my paper route. And I, like, I didn't even know what drugs were, but I imagine she saw something on the news, like, are these signs that your kid is on drugs or selling? And it's just like, I was just, where did this come from? Like somebody obviously planted that idea in her head, but it's like, no, it just came from my paper route. Um, but one of the keys in, in like kind of leaving your job is getting real with your expenses because I have friends who are like, they're going to start their own um, business and they're going to go out on their own and they buy a new car like right before they do that. And I'm like, what do you, you just shot yourself in the foot because now instead of needing 4,000, you need 4,300, like that car payment gets stacked up. And the more things like this that are stacked up, the more subscription payments, the more all this stuff, if you can start to get rid of that, it just makes it so much easier to get to where you need to go. And I know that you have kids and all kinds of stuff, but even, you know, some people there, I see they're putting their kids in private school. And it's like, well, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to tell anybody how to uh, live their life, but if you want to prioritize freedom and escaping the rat race and like being able to travel and this kind of stuff, don't set the bar here. Like, make it easy and then get on the road because life is short and you mean you, you do it now or you do it later. And it's, you know, for me, I've always thought while I'm healthy, able and excited to do it, why not do it now? Then, then like live this, you know, the deferred life plan of, you know, I'll retire and then I'll do all this stuff. Like, I don't even want to travel anymore because I got it out of my system. And now I'm happy to be back building business. I think you're absolutely right. And I love your idea of sending emails out, like a hundred different emails out to the people that you know. And I know it's going to it's going to feel and seem a little like um, self-promotion-y. You're going to feel a little yeah, like, it's weird. But it's it's really what it comes down to. I think it's it's really marketing. It's just getting the word out that you're doing this. You just say, hey, I'm not trying to pu push anything. I just want to help. And so if you know anybody that would like some help, I'm there for that. So I love that idea. But what's actually really funny is I had a paper out. I was 13 years old, started there, was, you know, throwing papers, flinging papers and hitting garage doors and making go bang. And like, like, oh, shoot, I shouldn't have done that. It probably woke him up. But yeah, go through the same thing. Maybe it's because I have a paper, I had a paper out too, but I am very frugal as well. Like if you see, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see my kids in the background and we travel the world together. We, I love traveling with my kids. So we spend our money on traveling. Now, I'm not saying that um, we wouldn't want a bigger house, but I have a bunch of rental properties and we had one we wanted. We were in California and then we wanted to move to Arizona. Getting out of California, it's expensive and all that sort of stuff. Like you said, bringing that bar down, which yeah. is what we wanted to do. And I had a rental property in Arizona and the tenants were moving out. And we moved into it because they're moving out. You know, we painted it and making sure it's nice, but it's 1,250 square feet. So it's rather small for four kids and my wife and myself. Now, eventually we'll buy something bigger when the you know economy changes, but I'm very, very frugal too. And I think 
a lot of people miss that, not just for frugality, but you're absolutely right, is bringing that bar down of how much money you need to make every single month to become financially free. And the key thing is, in my opinion, and you hit, hit, you hit this really, really well, the very end, what you said, when you have, and I, I would add to it, when you have more time, if you bring the bar lower so you can actually quit your job, so you can start building your business more, you actually make more money because you're putting more time into the business as opposed to, and I, I applaud you, I did the same thing. Woke up at 5.30 in the morning and worked hard on my business, then went to work and then come home. And you know, I, I always was pushing really hard, but imagine if you had all those 40 plus hours you're working a job, you got rid of those 40 plus hours you're working for somebody else, putting that into your own business, into serving your customers. You'd, you'd be so much further. So I love those, those are all great points. Now. If we were to then say, you know, I want to do graphic design, I want to create somebody's brand, their logo, their look and everything. Do I need to go to school and get certified or is that something I can learn on my own? What are your thoughts there? So I, I'm a self learner. So most of the things I've learned have been on my own and just through trial and error experimentation. And so where I sit with this now is that you can do that. And I feel like with creative people, not, I don't know about other, like I, I deal mostly with artists who are drawing and painting and that kind of stuff. Uh, so I'm not sure about graphic design. I feel like the the brain is, is wired slightly different with these as, as the average person. I mean, there's outliers all over the place, but um, there's something about the artist mind that makes them feel like they have to do it on their own. Like they have to figure it out on all on their own. And you don't, you can absolutely shortcut this process but you need a guide. And so I think schools can be that guide, but also schools can be like an enormous source of, of debt for a lot of people. And so there's really, it's, you just have to figure out like what's the right thing for you and if the school is the right school. But I think the opportunity is to dig deeper and look at more schools and ask harder questions. Like, will you guarantee I will get a job? And like, and ask, like, that seems like, whoa, that's really standoffish. You can't ask that. It's like, why not? You're going to pay this person a bunch of money. Uh, you should get what you want. And for um, the art world, particularly, like this is a pro. This is the the problem that I'm that I have chosen to solve right now is that I don't know yet of a course that guarantees the result where you give them the money and be like, will I be able to make artwork that leaves people's jaws on the floor that they're just floored by how amazing I am? to my knowledge that didn't exist before it existed in like smaller you'd have to go and study with somebody but now we have boxes that we can send to people in the mail that that gives them this result so i i really think it depends on your situation but ask the hard questions because you want to make sure that it's going to get you what you want but school definitely and, and having that right guide can help you shortcut it so there's and there's lots of different ways to do that and it feels like it's a much bigger conversation because I know it sounds easy, but if I were to put myself back in my 18 year old self, what I'm saying right now wouldn't make sense. Like I, I would almost like need a career coach to be like, can you help me navigate the education space so that I know the right questions to ask and that I'm going to get myself into a position where I'm going to get what I want. D does that make sense? Like it's, it's, it's weird. Like I just don't think that 18 year old Mitch would understand the perspective that, that I have now. Yeah. And that's, as you get older, the, the great thing that we get is perspective. There's a lot of negatives of getting older, you know, getting things start to ache and yeah. you, know, you start getting gray, things like that. But you get perspective. You can see your whole entire life. You could look back and say, you know what? I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. Or I did this and this was great. And I love the idea that you you said, 
if you're going to go spend a lot of money on a course, or if you go to college and you say, you know, I want to do graphic design, I go to college, you're going to spend 50, 60, $70,000 to get a piece of paper that you're not guaranteed to have a job, which is, uh, it's scary. In my opinion, it's scary, especially going into debt. Now, I, I agree. So, but in order to do this business though, to be, you know, designing, doing graphic design, you don't need a certificate. You don't need a degree. You just need to, no, no, it, yeah. seems, it seems like you need to be able to prove that you can actually do this. And would it be, as you said, have, uh, a little bit earlier, you said, create a website and have like a, a portfolio of your, your work that you've done in the past to kind of show what you've done. Is that, is that what you're thinking? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you loop back so I could clarify this. So with art, it's, it's a, like a, or creative things. It's amazing because it's almost like our resume doesn't matter. Our past doesn't matter. Nothing matters except for your portfolio. And it's almost like you're naked. Like you can't hide behind a resume. Like if you're hiring a lawyer, do you know if the lawyer is good or not? It's like, you don't really know there's some repu reputation, but with an artist, you can just see it. And even if they're good, you might not like their style. And so you wouldn't end up hiring them. So you just can't hide. And so that's kind of the, what I think is one of the beautiful things about creative art is that it's, it's so truthful. There's no, there's so much transparency. And uh, I mean, there's ways that you could fake it, but don't ever do that because it, I mean, it's not going to help you get in the door. It's, the time is better spent like improving your skills and networking and doing other ways so that you can get those doors open. But uh, yeah, you absolutely don't need anything. You just have to prove that you can do it because the person is essentially taking a risk on you, especially if you're unproven. If you're just starting, they're taking a risk on you that you can finish that job. However, once you do that and you do an amazing job for them and you ask them for a referral, well, now you're not a risky commodity anymore. You Someone has already taken the risk on you and then that next person, it's, there's less risk. And once you have like four or five jobs under your belt, all of a sudden it's like, it becomes natural and things are just flowing. Those, those are great points. And I know that whenever I hire anybody like the logo for successfully unemployed, um, I, I created it or sorry, I didn't create it. I had somebody else create it, but I knew their work in the past. And so I said, you know what, let's go with them. Even though it, it was more expensive than I've ever paid. I'm like, like you, I'm very, very frugal. So it was really hard for me to pay for a logo. Cause I was like, eh, I'm decent. I could probably figure something out and make something. Okay. But I paid somebody and I am so thoroughly happy with the outcome because I knew what they could do, or at least I've seen what they've done in the past. And I trusted them and said, okay, okay let's go ahead and go with you. Now, if you wanted to get started, I love the route of letting everybody know that you're a graphic designer. I love the idea that you're emailing people. You even, I would suggest, and you probably would think the same thing, like on social media, like, you know, post things out there, like just show, not, not being spammy or scammy at all, but just saying, Hey guys, this, I did this. What are your thoughts? Or just something to get the word out. Cause I know as an investor, the more people that I told that I was an investor, the more deals that came, the more um, people that wanted to either rent my properties or buy properties or give me money to invest. And before I told anybody, I didn't have any of that. But after I started telling, like, just like literally a loudspeaker, everybody, this is what I do. It just opened the yeah. doors. So I completely agree with that. Now, if we were to look at something like, because it's really easy, if I were thinking, I want to get started, I would just create a few logos and put a job gig on Fiverr.com or Freelancer or Upwork and just, you know, this is what I can do and see if people will hire me. What are your thoughts about using, utilizing these types of services? I think it's great. Like anything, the big problem that I see is people just aren't getting experience fast enough. Um, because once you like, that's where things really happen. So I'm 
a huge advocate of it doesn't matter what job you get, like um, as long as it's in that creative space. So a job as a receptionist, even in a like graphic design firm is better than a job as a receptionist in a accounting firm, because you're now closer to where you want to get to. I've heard, I've had people inside uh, pencil Kings who are, um, you know, they work at, they're like a, an internet Pixar or something. And then it's like, Oh, now I'm working at Sony. I was like, Whoa, how did you like make that leap? Like Pixar and Sony when you're just starting out in your career, it's like, cause he, he just did it. He didn't, um, it didn't worry him like where he was trying to be. And he wasn't worried about, well, I'm trying to be the best artist. It's just like, no, that's, that shouldn't be the biggest concern in the beginning. It's just get some kind of a portfolio and then get into that environment where you're doing it as, as much as possible and hopefully surrounded by other people who can mentor you because then it's just, it's just going to be exponential growth. Just like if I wanted to learn about uh, real estate investing, I might volunteer for you and be like, Hey, I've got these skills. Like, do you have a job for me? Like, I just want to learn this stuff and get in this environment. Um, and you're like, I don't even, I don't really have any budget for that right now. And it's like, well, could I still do it for you? Like, could I volunteer for like five hours? I've got five hours a week that I can. I just want to learn and be in this environment. And that is so key. And I, there's like different schools of thought. One is like, never work for free. Um, I work for free so much. And I work on projects that still, when I tell people the things that I've done for free, they're like, you did that. And like, you were on that project. And it all helps to to create who you are. And I think it, it's also like, if you're doing things that are in alignment with what you want, like this is really important for creative people. Um, it's, it's okay to take some time. Like you don't want to starve, but it's okay to compartmentalize and be like, okay, I do have four hours a week where I could not get paid for something. I, and this has helped me build my portfolio, but then just try and be selective with the projects that you're, that you're working on. Like, will it give you exposure? Will it lead to referrals? Will it give you additional information that you want? You know, like working in a specific industry. Um, there's lots of different ways that you could look at it to get money. Isn't the only way that that value can be exchanged. And when you're starting, your job is like to get that experience as quickly as possible. So then you can start charging and be like, "Well, I did all this work for these other people." You don't have to tell anyone that it was for free. You just like your like I said before, your work uh, stands alone and speaks for itself. As long as you're doing good work, everything else should start to take care of itself eventually. Man, that's great. Mitch, you and I think so much alike. I mean, everything you said, I'm like, yes, I agree. And even just being affiliated, like if you just do something for free for Pixar, hey, I worked on this project at Pixar. Like you said, you don't need to tell them it was for free, but you actually did. Like you're affiliated, which is great. And I love uh, Robert Kiyosaki's books are really good, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad and things like that. And one thing that I really struck in my brain, he said, you want to work not to make money, but work to learn. And I love your idea of just, even if it's just being a secretary at a graphic design company, your foot in the door, is in the door. You're able to talk to people. And I would literally pay money to work for Warren Buffett. I mean, that guy is a brilliant man, billionaire. If I could pay to work there, I absolutely would. I'll pay him money. It'd be pennies to him compared to how much he has. But the knowledge that I would gain, even if I'm not getting paid, would be priceless, like absolutely priceless. So those are great. So what's the next step? Now we started getting some clients. We have money coming in the door. We're starting to see um, good traction. People are starting to refer us, which is great. How do we scale the business? How do we make it to where now we can actually, you know what? My job is taking up too much of my time. Even though I'm making money, I'm losing money. I need to start doing it on my own. How do we scale the business? Yeah, this, this is where I think it, 
it becomes difficult for creative people. And what I didn't realize before was that I saw myself as an artist. Um, but what I needed to see myself, or at least this is where I believe now, is as a business person. And these two ideas are in conflict because as artists, we don't like business people or we think we don't. And so if we don't like them, we don't want to become something that we don't like. And so there, there's really like a struggle there. And some people, it's no problem for them. You're like, wow, how are they How are they doing it so easily? But for me, it was not easy because I always identified as an artist and sort of like I was an artist first and then I was posing as a business person. And it's only like more recently where I've hired a business coach and started to reinvest uh, in myself and my education a lot that I'm starting to see myself in this different light and realize who I am. Um, because as an artist, if you're not making something all the time, you start to feel like a fraud. Like, can I tell people about art if I'm not making art all the time? It's like, well, I mean, I've got, you know, I've worked on over 10 video games and over 10 movies and published a book and all like done all kinds of stuff. It doesn't matter. Now I'm just playing a different game. And so I think that's, that's tough. And it might just be like starting freelance and starting to like understand how business works, because there's a couple of different ways that you could go if you're trying to scale it. Um, it's like hiring other people. So you could go onto Upwork and find other people to do the work. And then your job is just finding clients. You might just be great at, at quality control and speaking with clients. Uh, then there's like business management skills that you would need to, to learn, but you could do it that way. But then again, for the creative person, now it's taking you away from the art and probably like, or the design or whatever you're doing, it's not going to feel so good. So it's just, I, I don't know. I feel like in this one, it's a tough, like that next step is tough, but I mean, you could, you could just freelance, quit your job and freelance and scale up. Like you, you could make six figures doing this freelancing. You could start doing courses and figure out how to be a course creator and teach other people like how to do it. Like I know before I have taught, um, for example, in design, like Photoshop uh, for business owners. So business owners are like making their own podcast graphics and all this stuff. And I do just sit down with them and show them like, okay, here's the fast, easy way to do all the stuff that you normally do. And it would just like save them two or three hours a week. And so they're like the value proposition was, was really good there. Um, so freelance, sell a course, you could create a design studio. Um, you could be a, if you're just really good at the sales part, you might not even, and you don't want to do the business part. You could just do lead generation for other people. Like you have your portfolio and you do have this stuff, but then you know somebody else and you just connect a with B. Um, but again, all this advice, I feel like young Mitch he couldn't take it. Like he just didn't understand. It's, it's really like you need to upgrade your brain and it's as easy to say, but it's hard to do. And, um, it's been a struggle for me, but essentially it boils down to like you, your brain is wired to get a certain set of results. So if you are get, if you are making like in your job, $50,000 a year, your brain is wired to get and operate in $50,000 a year. You get a new job and maybe you get like a slight bump and you're making 55, but it's a completely different brain to go to a uh, hundred thousand dollars a year. And it's a different brain to like not do any work and have all the people doing it for you because now there's like, you're feeling, well, am I, showing up in this world because I'm not the one doing the work. And so there's all kinds of things that it just, it really starts with your brain. Um, but before that, I think you need to know where you're, where you're trying to go. Because if you're trying to like drive to from New York to Los Angeles, there's lots of different ways that you could take to get there. But if you don't even know that you're trying to get to new to Los Angeles, well, then what do you do? You're just like driving around randomly. And that's, I think what I was doing for a lot of like a long time for myself, because I wasn't, extremely clear on uh what i was doing and and then or where i was trying to go 
because once you try to know where you're trying to go, lots of different ways to go there. You know, you could go to college, you could read all these books, you can get a mentor, you could get a business coach, lots of different ways. Um, but without that final destination, it, I mean, you'll just, you'll have fun or not or whatever, but you'll just be like, kind of like meandering, going around in circles. And I'm sure you see this in investing a lot because, um, there's people who haven't made flip that switch mentally to be like, I'm an investor now. And they're like this, when the switch hasn't been flipped, it's like, I'm playing investor. So they're like, I'm they're reading all the books. They're going to the meetups. They're like watching the YouTube things where you're like, so when are you going to buy the first property? And it's like, Oh, well, did it, you know, this thing, and you're just like, it's never the Excuses. right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I man, again, the, it's funny how alike you and I think, and I completely agree. So everything you, you were just sharing, um, what's what's interesting as I've built my business, the more that I identify as a an investor, because I didn't always in, identify as an investor, or like say, yes, I am an investor. Um, when as soon as I started doing that, I my my brain started changing, and when you started, you mentioned you know, like artists and business don't really mix. I also had a, cause I've also, I had a graphic and website design company way back in college and oh, I was doing okay. that sort of stuff. So I really yeah. enjoyed doing that stuff. But, um, what switched for me, what really helped me, and you probably had the same switch too, but, um, what really helped me and what might help other people to think about business is business is all about serving other people and giving other people opportunities to make money for themselves and their family. If you change it from being in, uh, introspective, like how can I make money? Flip it around and say, how can I serve more people? How yeah. can I oh, yeah. help more people, give more people jobs? Like somebody could ask me the question, well, hey, you have a lot of money. Why don't you just give it all away? I'm like, well, if I did that, I would not have my businesses and I would not employ people. They would not be making money and I would not have my, my houses that people can live in. And so think if you switch it around and say like business is all about internal, how you make money, switch it around and think, how can I help and serve more people, giving them jobs, giving them good art as, and mm. here's the thing for you, for you, Mitch and everybody else listening, if you're going to scale up and you're going to hire people, you're giving them a job. They, they, their families can eat because of that, which is great. And somebody that's buying your, your, um, content, even though you're not actually the one doing the designing, as long as I get, like, if I hire Mitch, as long as I get Mitch quality work, that's all I care about. I don't care who designed it. You might have touches on it. And here's the great thing, Mitch, if you say, you know what, it's time for me to do some design. I haven't done design in a while. I love doing that. Take on a job or two. But the great thing is as business is all about serving people, you feel more fulfilled because you're helping, you're providing, you know, somebody food for their families and things like that. So that really helped me. Mitch, man, you gave us so much great insights. I loved it. Like everything you said, like I said, I've said this third, this is my third time. Like I see eye to eye, like you and I are seeing so much eye to eye, but I want to jump into the rapid fire round. Are you ready? Sure. Awesome. So the rapid fire round, you should be able to get this. Now, the first question is a big, big, broad one. If you... Were or if in the future, because we know 100% of people are going to die, everybody's going to die on your tombstone. What would you like it to read about you? Uh, he lived, he lived. Explain that. Give me a, a couple sentences of what that means. Uh, it, it just means that, like, I did what I wanted to do the whole way through that I, I had an adventure and that I didn't, you know, if I wanted to do it, I did it. So anything that seemed conventional, I 
sort of ran away from. So the idea of like having, you know, getting married and having a white picket fence or whatever the dream is now, like I did the opposite and I did what I wanted to do the whole way through. I'm more of like against the grain type of person. I'm just, if there's a rule, for some reason I have to break it. It's just something yeah, in me. It's <laughs> painful sometimes. <laughs> but it is, it is, it, it's, it's painful. But now we, because we've done that, we're successfully unemployed. Like we have the life that we designed for ourselves. Okay, so next question. If somebody were to get started and say, you know, I'm gonna go down the path of being a graphic designer, you've given us so much great insight. So, but if they would say one thing, what should I do to get, what's that one piece of advice you would give somebody to get started? Like we talked about earlier, like, I don't know if it's just like re rewind, but we, I went through the steps, like some kind of a portfolio that you can show people what you're doing and then email those friends and family. Like you don't need a website, you don't need a logo, you don't need a business card, you don't need a 1-800 number, any of that stuff. It's just like show, prove to people that you can do it and then tell people what you do, like you're saying, or on Instagram or whatever. But I like the friends and family because those people already know you, like you and trust you, which is, you know, you can look up no like trust. There's a, you can go down that rabbit hole. Um, but yeah, that's how, that's how I'd start. Those are brilliant. I completely agree. So now if you're going to go back and I love it, how you talked about your younger self, like the younger Mitch and how you wouldn't understand it. And you already talked a lot about it, but the question is, if you're going to give yourself one piece of advice, your younger self, it'd be business, life, or whatever it might be, what would you give yourself in advice? I don't know. I like. I want to say I wouldn't give myself any advice because like, I've had some big ups and some really big downs, and I love where I'm at right now, and I feel like I'm learned, like all of it was essential to learn. But I guess if I had to go back and say something, it would be um, like be open to this idea that your brain is designed to get a certain set of results. It's like a computer program. And if you want a different set of results, you have to upgrade your brain. There's no other way that you can do this. And I could be wrong here, but this is just my understanding of the world right now. So, and, and really think of it as a computer program, like so much of what we do is subconscious and you have to change that. And so I've been doing a lot of experimentation with that and the results have been like amazing at, at, and, and the growth has been amazing. But just be open to that idea that, oh, so it's sort of like, and, and to put it into a, like a visual metaphor, it's like comparing, if you want to go fast, do you take a scooter or do you take a Ferrari? And this is kind of the difference in thinking. You're like, well, a scooter and Ferrari, they're completely different. It's like, yes, your brain can be completely different. Um, so that, that just be open to that idea and, and play with it. That's what I would say. That's great, man. Now, next question. If you what is one app, a tool, it could be pen and paper. What is one thing that utilize in your life that we should also look to use? One app or tool. Um, okay. This one just cause it's kind of nerdy and I'm a visual person. It's a, it's a software called Y Yed, maybe Y E D it's free. And what it does is it allows you to diagram out different nodes and connect them. So you might, it could be like, what is the deal flow for investing in, in real estate properties? It's like, okay, well this happens and then this, and then this part like loops around and if then do this. And so you, you put this node out and it's all messy, but then you click a button and it puts it into a hierarchy. It's just amazing. And it's just like, it's fun to watch it. And it makes me want to design workflows and processes more and it's free. And so it, I don't know if it's very useful for a lot of people, but for me, I love it for designing like workflows for what happens on a website or like, you know, I have a lot of students. What, what is the student progression as they go through our courses? You know, they go here and they do this and then I click a button and it organizes it. And then I show it to my team and they're like, Oh wow. Okay. So that's what you mean. And, um, it's just a helpful way to, to visualize information. I love that. What was it called again? Or the Yed, website? I think Y E D. 
Is it .com or or is I don't it... know. Just type in Google YED. Okay, it's, it's not a great name, but okay. So it's um, a, YED is a software that you would download yeah. and install. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, last question: What is one nonfiction book that you would suggest that we should read? Uh, oh, okay, nonfiction book. Uh, I'm I'm the hugest fan of Profit First and Mike Michalowicz. Um, and I think that it's probably more for people once they've been in business for a little while, then it starts to make sense. But if you are like me as a creative person and you're, um, afraid, afraid of numbers or challenged by numbers, or just, it doesn't feel intuitive. He explains things in very easy to understand language, which was like the key for me to start understanding finance and bookkeeping, which again, as an artist is kind of like this other thing that you don't want to deal with, but as a business owner, you have to. And once you start to understand that game and, and how to set up systems around that, it just life becomes a whole lot easier. And you can use profit first, even in, in your own day-to-day -day, uh, life as well. That's a great book. I completely agree. Well, man, Mitch, I've, I've had a great time. I've learned a ton and I'm super excited for other people to reach out to you, find you. If they wanted to find you, how would they do that? Sure. You can um, like go to pencilkings.com and email through to, to support there. Um, I'm not very big on social media, though. If you find me on Facebook and friend me, I'll, I'll, I'll add you to my friends list. Uh, and then uh, I just want to quickly mention the other website that we're doing where we're really trying to change uh, the way art is educated. Like I was talking about with the results-based art education and that website is at evolveartist.com. So um, you can check that out and you can reach me there as well. That's great. And you also have a book, correct? Yeah. Um, Digital Artist Career Blueprint. You can find that on Amazon. And uh, I think the Kindle version is like three bucks. And so just quickly, like what the book is, I'm not trying to win any book, you know, awards for best writing. But what I did was took my story and then the implementation of it and then how that looks in the wild so that it's not just like these stories, but you can just sort of see how the struggle and how it's not necessarily a clear path. Uh, but as a creative person, it's I, what I the intention was, was to give you permission to fail and try different things, but then also to see like how, what success actually looked like. It's not like I just showed up and I was amazing. I, I'm not an amazing artist. And I think that's, what's different from me versus a lot of people that you see on Instagram. You know, I was able to get very far in my career when I did have a job uh, without being an amazing artist. And so that path is there for people who can't quite put it together. Um, so that's, that's great. That's Mitch, you've been fantastic. Give us so much great insight and wisdom. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah. I appreciate being here. All right, man. You take care. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders Membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 so you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, 
I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. See ya.